radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. It will continue to charge ever more pressure. Brown again, held down in front. Taken out of the play by Sylvain LaFave. Intercepted. Short and a chance. Forsberg, five on five in. Forsberg, shot. Score! Just what a play by Peter Forsberg. We saw it all on this one. I stood alone in Trafalgar Square. I looked around, I didn't see it there. Friday, September 4th. Oh, fuck it, September. Oh, wow. I thought you screwed it up worse than, than that, actually, for a second there. Friday, September 4th. Yeah. It's the Laced Up Hockey Podcast. And um, I'm, I'm James Cole. Still. That's good. Yeah. I'm I'm tired. Oh. Yeah. Hi, hi tired. Nice to meet you. Yeah. I, because uh, I work in the mornings now, and I, I haven't had to do that for months and even when I was it was like sporadic and now uh now I work like like every morning of the week now mm. and so uh I went to bed last night at ten forty-five, which is the earliest that I've gone to bed not hung over um in I'm gonna say at least three years and so uh I woke up this morning under my own like for for no reason at seven o'clock this morning and i didn't need to leave the house till like quarter to nine so i kind of just like laid there and had a nice you know had a nice morning like 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 people no i didn't snooze but just kind of like hung out my bed watched sports center you know had some breakfast just kind of hung out and uh we're recording this at 9 50 or 9 45 at night and i i gotta tell you it's it's getting to be bedtime it's wild yeah this is uh, this is the usually the prime hours. I uh, normally this is this is used to be uh, to quote the Drake lyric. I come alive in the nighttime, and uh, I am definitely not coming alive at all right now. Okay, I am Bruce Battaglia from the North. There side. it is. Yeah. yeah. How is the North Side? Seems fine. Yeah. Just tweeted out a video of OG Ananobi's uh, game-winning buzzer shot. Say big night for the uh, North Side for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I I see. Here's what's kind of neat about basketball. I guess like this can happen in all sports, but like uh, the Raptors made me go from hating my fucking life to extreme elation in a matter of 45 seconds of gameplay. You know what I mean? Like like with 45 seconds left, I'm watching that game and I'm like, I know it's two point game, but they're not gonna fucking win this game. Like it's over. We're done. We're done, baby. And, like, you think I would be more... You think I would be less pessimistic when it comes to sports teams. Because, like, three of my four favorite sports teams won a major championship in the span of, like, eight months there. You know? 
Like, but for some reason, because I'm a Leaf fan, I'm still filled with this, uh, we're fucked, we're done, we're gonna lose the game. And the Raptors did it, and it's like, wow, who would have ever thought? And it's like, well, the Raptors are good, like, you can admit they're good. I was gonna say, of, of all the sports to be covering on a podcast, are you sure you're qualified to do hockey at this point? You, you've seen yeah. success as a fan right. in every other league. But. That's exactly why I am fit to cover it. Is uh, oh, okay. like like hockey fans, I'm constantly disappointed, and I keep coming back. I see. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, hockey, the sport of disappointment. Am I right, folks? Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, every, every <laughs> once in a while, you know, for the most part, hockey a lot of disappointment going on. But there are moments of brightness. There are there are uh, beacons of light in wow. the darkness, and one of them playing as we speak. Oscar Lindblom Ooh. back. With yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, currently in overtime, unless someone has scored since we started, uh, no, that game is still uh, going well, it's, on. It, it, overtime, yeah, overtime hasn't started yeah. yet, but it will start. But he's in, presumably he's playing. He's in the lineup. First game since December seventh yeah. uh, of twenty nineteen. I don't know if you saw Remember it because I know that was that was yeah, more fun. Yeah, I, I actually year. don't. Uh, I don't know if you saw it because I know you're watching the Raptors game, but um, the Flyers scored. Like, I don't know, like eight minutes into the game, Kevin Hayes scored. Yeah. It really had nothing to do with Oscar Lindblom, but because Oscar Lindblom hadn't been out there for a face-off yet, the face-off was at center ice, and after the one nothing goal, Lindblom goes to take the draw, like, on the wing, and everyone started stick-clapping. It was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, both benches, the Islanders, the Flyers, it went on for a little bit. It was pretty cool. The refs were clapping. It was really neat. Uh, and, and a cool moment. Um... Because, like, with fans there, it would have been interesting to see that game in New York. Because I don't think that the stick tapping would have happened. I don't know if the cheering would have... Like, I don't think the crowd would have been cheering. That moment, obviously, in Philadelphia would have been fucking insane. Hmm. Uh, you know, uh, maybe not quite the same level, but pretty close to the same level of, like, Saku Koivu coming back right. and doing the lap. Yeah. Right? But. Now, not not a big impact so far. He's playing in the fourth line tonight. He's not getting yeah, tons well, of ice time. You know, he hasn't it, it's, well. it's nice to see him back out there. Obviously, like that that sort of we've we've kind of touched on that uh, throughout this past season uh, here and there. And um, yeah, just just one of those guys that we I think you know we both kind of I mean COVID changes everything, uh, but uh, we both kind of thought there's no way we're going to see this guy back this year um, under normal pretenses. We wouldn't have, but. You know the way things shook uh, shook, shook down. Uh, he's back in the lineup, and uh, it's uh, you know I don't know. I'm not I'm not a big Bucci overtime gross uh, challenge guy, but uh, you know wow. why not? Why not? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. That seems like something that might happen at this stage. So why not? Who else? Who else is going to score for the Flyers? Whatever. Yeah, I'll t- I'll take yeah. Lindblom. There you go. Um. Okay, so we're we're. We're doing we're doing the the, the podcast here, and uh, I, I know we just did an episode a couple days ago. It's a it's a double week. Got some got some vacation time coming up. Uh, True, we're gonna, yeah, I we're forgot about that. Take some time off. We're gonna have some uh, have some fun next week. You know, you and I <sighs> yeah, uh, both yeah. together and apart, uh, but no podcast. So um, I don't have fun when we're yeah, apart. Next uh, next next week when you're when you're waiting for something to to appear on Monday or Tuesday. I'm just telling you now, it's not going to be there. No. So, um, but as a result, we had to put an episode together tonight, and um, I mean, we could have just skipped it. We could have, but whatever. Like you know, almost a, two weeks. A, a, a few things happened, I guess. There's some stuff to talk about. 
Uh, one thing we, we did want to touch on um, was a, a, a tweet that made its rounds um, oh, God. in the sports world. Um, I, I don't know who this guy is. It sort of reminds me of, and like like this tweet, I don't even know which tweet specifically you're talking oh, okay. about yet, but like, no matter what, I know this tweet got quote tweeted with an old tweet, I'm saying tweet a lot, with an old tweet, and the tweet was, everyday Twitter has a main character, the goal is to never be it, and and this guy fucking was. This tweet this, is your tweet. That's right. This tweet is my tweet. That's right. Uh, Andrew Corns. I don't know. Like, the, is he anybody? Does Does he matter in the the world of? I don't know. Twitter. Oh, no, I know. I don't know who he is. Oh, he's the creator of um, the St. Louis Break Sports Podcast. Okay. So, uh, we have a we have a rival now. Apparently, we have a rival podcast. Uh, I mean, uh, this has always <laughs> been a pretty anti St. Louis podcast, at least on my end. So. <laughs> I don't really... I mean, I like the blues. I'm not nah. particularly fond of the city. Fuck them. I definitely but, don't want to go to the city, I'll yeah. tell you that. Uh, so this, this this Andrew Corns guy comes out and he's talking about why the NBA destroys the NHL in popularity. And it's like, hey, we know that, but you don't have to tell us about it. And um, his argument is that the NHL doesn't have a major star uh, to really promote that's left in the playoffs aside from like McKinnon and by his account, Kucherov, and, and, and like, that's it in terms of star power in the NHL, which is, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, first off, we're a hockey podcast. We're supposed to know the majority of the players. Like, you and I, you know, we, we look up the obscure. We, we want to know the 26th forward on the Ottawa Center. Well, we don't want to know, but we, we do know. Well, that guy really doesn't have a lot of followers either. And so this this guy takes it to Twitter, he makes makes this big deal about the NHL not having any stars, which is like that's that's fair. Like the NBA markets its its stars, they do a really good job about like with it. The NHL markets its teams, they always have. They're they're never gonna be a star first type of league. That's just not the way that they think they should, but they don't. For me, the weird thing was that in the the follow-up tweet that this guy, he's got a little thread going here. And, and, and the next sure. one down is him pointing to examples of these stars in the NBA. Yeah. And again, I digress. The NBA, they market their stars. But the list of guys that this guy comes up with, as a guy that I don't, I don't watch 82 Raptors games a year, but I'm informed, I think. Like, I, I think I'm an average, like, overall sports sure. fan. I know LeBron. I know Westbrook. I've heard of Harden. You know, like, I, I know a good chunk of the guys because the NBA does such a good job of promoting its stars. And he, he tosses this list together. It's like, I don't recognize half these guys. Sure. You know? And me, meanwhile, you're talking that there's, there's nobody, nobody in the NHL. Elias Pedersen doesn't play in Vancouver, you know. Uh, right. You know, Tyler Sagan doesn't right. play in Dallas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there's, there's what? No, nobody in Vegas. And like, you never heard of anybody on the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, and, and like, and here's the thing, man. Like, he starts naming, he starts naming, quote unquote stars, and so he goes. Not Dallas for that. He man. goes for Boston. He says Bergeron, Chara, Marchand, like guys that you people are known outside the sport. Sure. Is what he says. Okay. Boston, Bergeron, Chara, Marchand, Tampa Bay, Kucherov, and Stamkos, uh, Toronto, Matthews, and Tavares, Montreal, Price, Washington, Ovechkin, Pittsburgh, Crosby, Malkin. 
before I even get to the other part of the of that list, what what's what's the thing that basically all those guys have in common? They're all over thirty years old. It's pretty easy to say guys are stars when they've been around for fucking ten years. Like every people are going to learn who these guys are. It's the same thing. If if I ask a casual football fan, do you know who Larry Fitzgerald is? Well, of course they do. But he's not any fucking good anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just a notable guy. Do you know who Cam Newton is? Well, yeah, because he won an MVP four years ago. But he's 30. Like, if he's had time to build his resume. You know who he is. But if I were to ask, you know, someone who barely watches a sport, do you know who fucking Juju Smith-Schuster is? Maybe you don't. Because he's only been around for a few years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, and going back to it. Do people outside of hockey know who fucking Nikita Kucherov is? But that's a separate point, okay? It's just like, I don't really understand the argument. I get your argument because, like, you're someone who sort of watches the NBA. And to not know who some of these guys are, like, yeah. Because Donovan Mitchell has only been in the league for for a couple years. Nikola Jokic has only been in the league a couple years. Like, there's no reason for you to have to fucking know those guys. Because they're new, because they're budding stars. And... This argument's so fucking stupid because all a star is is what we what we construe them as. Because to say that there wasn't stars ten years ago, of course there was. It's just like it's your definition of a star. Do you remember like five years ago when everyone's just like, "Wow, look at hockey! Look at all these budding stars!" And it's like they're naming all these people, and it's like Johnny Goudreau, and it's like, where the fuck is Johnny Goudreau now? He's going to be on a second line next year. It's like whatever your basis of a star is at the time, and it changes constantly. Every market gets one. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, like if you're smart enough, like, look at the Islanders. We're watching the Islanders play right now. And if they if they want to market Matt Barzell as a star, they're, they're c- kind of not wrong. Because they're a solid team and he's by far their best fucking player. Yeah. The, you know the what I mean? The problem for me, though, is like it's not even a marketing thing. This has nothing to do with marketing. No. It's the fan base that makes these decisions. If, 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 if the Leafs decide tomorrow to we're going yeah. to come out and we're going to market... Alex Kerfoot. And Alex Kerfoot's going to be on the poster of every fucking ticket we sell. He's going to be outside the Scotiabank Arena in a, right. in a in a golden statue that we're going to create for him. And he's right. going to be on, on every street corner of, of Toronto. And that's a Johnny Goudreau argument. Because everyone loves Johnny sure. Goudreau. But the right? fans loved him. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they, so, they love him and that's why like the media now looks at him as the best player on the Calgary Flames until very recently. Because... He was the guy that everyone loved, and it was like, wow, look at Johnny Hockey. And yeah, don't get me wrong, for a year he was fucking insane. But like, he's 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 good to really good. He's not a fucking superstar or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, your your definition of a star is is all relative. But you're right, to sit here and say Vegas has no stars, and and we're sitting here and saying like Tampa has several at the same time, it's like... Vegas and Tampa are very similar teams. They have a lot of guys. Like, Tampa has a, uh, has a top five defenseman in the league. Uh, to me, Vegas does. But, you know, like, at this point, yeah, that's, top that's 20 for Theodore. Analysis exactly. For part, top yeah. 20 yeah. for Theodore, right? Uh, Vegas, like, to me, they have the best winger in the league. But maybe they don't to other people. It's just, like, it's all relative. But, like, you can't deny the fact that... When you, I haven't been there, but when you go to Vegas, like Mark Stone is all over fucking billboards. Max Pacioretty is all over fucking billboards. The back of the, the, all over billboards. And the difference, <laughs> the, but that's the difference, right? Is Mark Stone is the best winger in hockey. Max Pacioretty is a very notable name. So why not market him? It's the mm-hmm. same, 
The same thing when they drafted Flurry. When they brought Flurry in, they hoped he was going to be what he is. They didn't fucking know sure. that. Give me a break that they knew it. They didn't know that. This was a guy that they could put on billboards that everyone would like that was maybe going to be a 9-07 goalie and good enough to, to like win a few games on a Sunday afternoon. And luckily, they actually put together a really good team and Flurry fucking had a year and actually turned himself into a superstar again for a little bit. But that's all relative. You know what I mean? Uh, most of the time it's all relative and it's the same thing like Vancouver saying they don't have a star that's insane because all that team is is a bunch of stars and a bunch of flaming hot garbage it's 50-50 really yeah it's yeah. it really is <laughs> it's crazy no at the end of the day the NBA does a much better job with its stars but it, it, it's all relative to, to the fan experience, like you said. Like, the, the idea that these guys are stars because they're over 30, you're exactly right. Um, the NBA, there, there's so many fewer players in the team, even. Like, you like you take that into account, it's like, okay, well, we got, like, 12 guys. So, like, it's easy to know one of them off of every team, to a degree, if you're a fan, right? Whereas the NHL, it's like, yeah, we've got, like, 23 guys and uh, beyond that, like, probably 10 more that will probably play at some point this year. Like, you're talking about, like, over 30 guys a season for any, like, given team. So, it's a lot harder to, like, say, well, like, you know, this one guy on this one team yes. is the guy. It's like, well, no, and, it's a team and, sport. And and that's, that that is, like, you and I are really not even, like, getting down to the actual problem here. When, when people argue that hockey isn't a star sport. That's because that's not the basis of the sport. That's not really how it works. And and the thing is, is football is even further from being a star sport. But the difference is that football markets these guys to be stars. Yeah. And and teams, you know, pay these guys because they're the best at their position. Hockey's the same thing. You pay your number one center if he's Connor McDavid because you can't find anyone better than him to play those minutes for your team. And that's why you pay, play them that. But if the team is dog shit when he comes off the ice, like, what what's going to happen? Like, Connor McDavid is supposed to play fucking 60 minutes a night and, and put his star power on display for 60 minutes a night. The NBA only plays 48-minute fucking games, okay? There are 30 to 40 seconds where you're not moving sometimes in the NBA. You can recharge. There's a million fucking timeouts. Like, it's easy to recharge. Football... Like and this, I'm not even exaggerating here. There's a 60 minute game that involves, on average, 48 minutes of standing around. 48 minutes. The clock is just ticking. The plays take three seconds, and then there's 45 seconds till the next play. Sometimes they, of course, like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You just said that like, out loud, and I realized like instantly why I don't like football. <laughs> it's, but that's exactly it. It's the worst fucking sport to watch. I love it. I just did a fantasy football draft tonight. It went pretty well. Nice. But like I'm just saying, in hockey, there's no real way to make the actual product of the game better where the stars are more of a factor. It just That's just the nature of the sport. Yeah. It is an ultimate team sport. If you have holes in your team, you're not going to be any good. And the beautiful thing about, and maybe that's what, maybe that makes hockey a, a shitty sport in some degree. Maybe it does. But all I'm saying is the NBA and and the NFL produce very different products than what the NHL produces. Like right. you can compare the NBA to the NHL all you want. 
it's an easy comparison because there's five guys playing the game for each team at, at, at any given time, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. That's your easy comparison. They play an 82-game schedule. They play roughly the same time of year. Yeah. But it one is basketball and one is hockey. They're different fucking sports. And to sit here and say that the NHL has a star problem, sure it does. Like, if that's what you think, sure it does. But to sit here and say... That it's because there are no good hockey players or something like that. Every team has to have a star in the NHL. And if they don't, they are usually unbelievably bad. But even that's not necessarily true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Colorado lost a million games a few years ago with Nathan McKinnon on the roster. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like, um, Connor, Connor McDavid is, is like the lone example of a guy that it doesn't matter what his teammates are doing on the ice. It doesn't matter what the other team is doing on the ice. Like, he's just going to be better than you every single shift. And, like, tough shit. Hope for the best. But there's this little position in hockey called the goaltender. Mm -hmm. And Connor McDavid's going to take 20 shots a night. And he's probably going to get, like, four points. But he's still not going to, like, come in down the wing and just sink a three every shot. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. sometimes the goalie just gets in the way. And it's not even that the goalie's good. It's just the goalie yeah. gets in the way. Right? Yeah. Like, because I'm 6'5 and I'm 230 pounds of equipment. I'm not, so. I, and I'm not going to sit here and say that basketball's easier because it isn't. Yeah, no, no. But, but here is another thing is like, uh, you know, the late, the late Kobe Bryant in his final NBA game went off for 60 fucking points. And the difference is because they kept giving him the ball and he kept choosing to shoot it and he kept scoring. Mm hmm. Eventually, if you keep giving a guy the puck in hockey, he's going to get absolutely rocked, or he's going to run out of run out of energy. In the NBA, there's a finite amount of touches to go around. There's a finite amount of possessions, and who you want to run your plays through when you have those possessions is up to you. Hockey is too quick to make that a uh, a uh, 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 a given. Like it's too quick. To, for the Islanders to sit here and say, every time Barzell's on the ice, he should be the one carrying it over the red line. It's not going to work out that way every yeah. time. It just can't. And then if someone else carries it over the red line, like in basketball, someone else carries it over the half-court line, eventually you would say, well, let's give it to LeBron when we can. Move the ball around. LeBron's going to go into the key. Like, it doesn't work that way in it's, hockey. It's, it's just, it's it just so fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. it doesn't work that way. So, it's one of those things, too. Like, people watch it. And it's it, this is the case in every sport, but hockey looks so easy on TV, and it really isn't. Like it's it's incredible how quick they're playing at. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. In, in any case, like it's not. It's it's one of those things that it blew up on Twitter. It got a lot of attention, and it, it's like just we just thought we'd we'd point out it's not a problem where the NHL has less stars. It's not a problem where the NBA has a lot of stars. It's just the way that in which these leagues choose to promote them it's the, it's the way in, in which the fan bases choose to recognize them and um there's a definite imbalance between the sports but that doesn't make it like this barren wasteland in the nhl you're going to turn on the vegas vancouver game starting right now and and you're not going to have anybody to watch there's no one to watch there's no stars in vegas <laughs> there's no stars in vancouver don't watch the game it's not going to be entertaining it's probably going to be one of the most fucking entertaining games of the week i'm not going to lie to you yeah so 
I can't wait till uh, tomorrow when I, I listen back to this and it's like a one nothing final for Vancouver off like a Antoine Roussel tipping. And, and and I'm gonna actually <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna actually kind of disagree with you in a way, but I agree with your point. But like, here's my point. I actually find, at least in this series, that Vancouver is incredibly boring to watch because they're extremely overmatched by Vegas right now. But that doesn't mean they don't have any stars. It just means Vegas is a better team because, like, Vegas is just the better team. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to get <laughs> a hot the rookie goaltender in yeah. that, which in itself yeah. is exciting to watch. Yeah, and that's a watch, star. Like, right? that's, a, that's so. a thing, too. And, like, and it, you know, it goes back to the whole conversation, like, you know, one nothing games suck. Well, not all the time. Most of them do. But sometimes you get one where it's actually back and forth and it's crazy action and, goal, and the goalies are just standing on their head or... Guys are just hitting the post, and it just happens because it's a quick sport. The games themselves are what should be fun to watch. Those should be the the attraction. Um, but again, like it's it's just it's going back to the initial tweet, taking these eight teams and suggesting that the only three stars or four stars left in the playoffs are, are uh, McKinnon for Colorado, uh, Kucherov for for Tampa, and several for Boston. Well, who gross. who. Who I actually think only have two, but uh, but okay, uh, well I guess three. So you know what I mean, like well, two within the boat. <laughs> well, whatever. I mean, I like I guess Marshawn Bergeron are fucking our stars, but um, you know, like to sit to I yeah, like to sit here and say that Dallas doesn't have any stars. I mean, they're all stars. <laughs> they're literally all stars. Yeah. That's and and the only reason Boston has all these stars is because they're the fucking Boston Bruins. And they hate them or love them. Like, the original six, they're one of the bigger teams in America. A yeah. large portion of, like, hockey fans in America like the Bruins. Just, they've been around for forever. Like, that's the reason people give a shit. They've like, done a really good job over the years yeah. at a managerial level. Say what you will about Peter Shirelli or whoever you think was pulling the strings behind the scenes or whatever. But, like... They've been really well run for like 13 years, give or take a year or two. You know, like, yeah. they're fine. Uh, they're fine in the sense that uh, they're well built. They're not so fine in the sense that they've been eliminated from the playoffs um, along with a, a handful of other teams, but specifically the Bruins. Um, th- look, this is a team that was running over the regular season, uh, dating back to the. I think we're going to start calling it PC and post-C. No, that doesn't work, does it? Uh, Pre-COVID, the Boston Bruins were lights out. They, they were the best team in hockey. Um, whether, whether the whether the analytics agree with it or not, they had the, they had the, they had the points, they had the wins. They were you know clear-cut the number one seed in the East. COVID happens. The pause happens. They come back. They're a little slow to get going. They have a, a pretty... A pretty uninspiring first round victory over the Hurricanes and they get bounced by Tampa uh, in five games. Now, my question to you is we all went in a year ago today, okay, September 3rd, 2019. um, I I think everybody would have pegged Tampa to be the the team in that division, maybe even in the conference. Okay. 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 It ends up being Boston for most of, you know, 2019-2020 just for these two teams to meet. God, I missed 2019. It was it was okay, wasn't it? Looking back, looking we had a Blues back. Fest, we had a 
We had things we could do. We like could I'd rather go back to the year stuff. where all the where all the clowns were hopping out of the woods trying yeah, to kill us. That was fun too. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when the worst thing that happened that one year was uh, someone killed Harambe. You remember that? Simpler times. We don't joke about Harambe. So my my question to, to you go back is to a like, pre-Harambe murder does, time. Does this loss is is this more the Bruins dropping the ball, or is this the arrival? Of the Tampa Bay Lightning that we kind of all assumed was going to happen and just never really got there during the course of the regular season. Do I think this is the arrival? So, of the Tampa Bay? like you know what I mean. Like the, the Tampa Bay Lightning were going into like this season predicted to be yeah. the number one. No, team I, heard, in, I heard you. Know you. What I mean, like, um, yeah. I mean, they look a lot. They look a lot better. Like, they look a lot more dialed in. It's something to be said, too, um, for the idea that, you know, they've gone to five overtimes and they're 5-0. and oh. And, um, you know, generally speaking, the better team usually wins in overtime in the playoffs. Eventually, the shittier team gets tired quicker and then the natural talent just kind of runs its course. And that's usually what happens other than... Uh, when a puck goes off a guy's shin pad like three minutes into overtime. So, yeah, Tampa should be the best team in the league by all accounts. There's no real reason that they shouldn't be, and they're, they're, they look a lot more dialed in. I mean, the thing is, too, now we have to wait and see what ends up happening with Kucherov, if he's going to miss a significant amount of time or what's going to happen there. If he does, then I don't I don't really love that for them because as deep as they are, they don't have... They don't really, like. It's weird to talk about a team that has tons of talent and then look at their forward group and be like, eh, "They don't have a lot of guys that can like shoot the puck on the power play." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, yeah. as dangerous as their power play is, it's like, well, Kucherov loves to pass. He never fucking shoots a puck. So what fucking good is his shot? You're missing a former sixty goal scorer in that bumper po- spot in the middle of the power play. So you got to put. Uh, you got you got all these options, and who do you put there? Tyler Johnson. It's like, oh yeah, that's the oh the guy with the worst shot on your forward group. Cool. Um, so yeah, like you know, it's it's an interesting sort of team, and and um, if injuries are going to eventually bite them in the ass, I don't really know. But it's really cool to see a lot of these guys on defense that were deemed otherwise horrible doing a you know a really good job and kind of turning back the clock in a lot of cases. Luke Shen, Zach Bogosian. Um So. Yeah, I think Tampa's dialed in. They look very dangerous, but uh, they are a team that has shown us time and time again that there may be reasons not to bet on them. And uh, I'm still not 100% sold, but I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I <clears throat> It's so hard to say um, if this is the Bruins falling apart or the Lightning taking advantage or... The the COVID playoffs, as we've come to learn, is is very much a uh, any anybody can win type of type of atmosphere. Despite the good teams going deeper, I, I think we can acknowledge, you know, like for you know Vegas and Colorado and Tampa to get as far as they've gotten to this point, it's it's a bit of a reflection on how they were in the regular season. This isn't a random. You know, this isn't the New York Rangers making a bit a big underdog push after having a, a lackluster season. So, um, but you know, by all accounts, this this is two teams that were going head to head that I think a lot of people thought were going to be here regardless. Like look, looking back, like I said a, a year ago, this is probably the matchup we all thought were, was going to was going to happen. 
Um, and I, I think the, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning that series was the outcome we all thought until we saw the Boston Bruins this year and, and, and just the way they were playing hockey. Um, now, obviously, some comments were made. Bruce Cassidy comes out. He, he talks about, you know, Pasternak never really, you know, he, he wasn't the same player. He, he uh, no. his, his training camp was pathetic oh. or, or whatever the word it was that wow. he used. Yeah. What a shame. Yeah. What a shame. Uh, and then there's the Tuka Rask thing. I mean, like, we, we talked about this before. Tuka Rask leaves the bubble. Does he leave the Bruins hanging to an extent? You know what I mean? Like, you're the number one guy. Well, anytime you leave your team, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, but you're leaving them for a guy in your Halak who yeah, probably did as good a job as Tuka Rask would have done, if not probably better. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't... I'm not really sold on Tuka Rask being, like, a top three goalie in the league, but, like, he's a good goalie. Him and Halak are probably closer than people, you know, give him credit for. But um, when you're only scoring two goals a game in the playoffs, it's yeah. not really going to matter who the guy in that is. Yeah. Michael Hutchinson is getting the job done in Colorado. It doesn't matter who the goalie is, apparently, for these, these guys. So... I was really oh. upset to see the backlash that Tuka see, was getting. But, but James, here's what you don't understand: is is it's just it just all it takes is that one bad goal, you know, that one bad goal for the goalie to let in, and and then all of a sudden it's fucking woe is me and fuck off. You're fucking professional fucking hockey players. Your goalie lets in a deflating goal, shake it the fuck off, and get the fuck back out there. Yeah. That is ridiculous to me. And when was he letting in bad like these these terrible? Like, I, I, I don't remember any of these goals in that series where it was like, oh, fucking Halak. Like, Rask would have had that. Like, when? When did that fucking happen? It didn't happen every goal. How, like, how is your team that shaky fucking emotionally that you just can't go back out there and, and, and put your head down? Like, if any team should have been nervous in that series, it was Tampa. Tampa's got everything to fucking lose. That team's getting blown the fuck up if they, if they lose to Boston. So, to sit here and say that Tuka Rask leaving cost the Bruins a playoff run is, is batshit insane to me. And if you didn't see it, I'm specifically referencing a tweet by Mark James. And if you would like to find him on Twitter, because his work is so fucking perfect, uh, it's at Mark James uh, on Twitter. And by the way, he's a horrible person uh, away from this tweet, too. But... Um, yeah, like, the tweet is, Dear Tuca, as a lifelong Bruins fan, I'm disgusted by your cowardly decision to give up. You quit on Boston, your coaches, all of your teammates, yourself, every Bruins fan. I hope I never see you in black and gold sweater with a spoked B again. Yeah, like, they really could have used Tuca Rask's fucking uh, 15 points in five games there that he definitely would have got for them. Like, come on. Come on. Like, if the Bruins were that shaken by Rask not being there... Then they were going to lose the series anyway. If if that is the backbone of their team all the way through, and they can't find another way to win, I'm so well, yeah. fucking sick of this excuse where one guy missing all the time is all the difference. I'm so fucking sick of that because we just had this discussion that it's not a team sport or that it is a team sport that it's not a star sport. If the Lakers are missing LeBron and they lose four straight. Okay, sure, yeah, like, he's the guy who does almost everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe a bad example, because I have Anthony Davis, but, like... Who? All I'm saying is... 
oh, he was all tucked away in New Orleans there for a few years, so you wouldn't know who he is. Um, but yeah, like, it's just like, it's just, it's so insane to me that Tuca not being there is solely the reason to blame for the Bruins' loss. Like, that that's just nuts to me. I get a deflating goal with, like, two minutes left in a close game, and those final two minutes, it's hard with the goalie out for you to get anything going. Like, I get it. I know it takes time to rebuild things. Mm-hmm. But, like, the idea that the reason that they were uh, just really bad for four of the five games is because Tuca wasn't there, fucking give your head a shake. It, it goes, it, it's the only thing that I can I can maybe say, and this, like, Mark James wouldn't have any insight into this, so for him to tweet this regardless, is, like, it's it's not going to swing a game. Maybe it swings a series. But and I, I just can't see it. Like, if Tuka Rask is the voice in the dressing room, okay, maybe there's maybe we're having a conversation. Sure. I doubt it, though. He doesn't seem like oh, the guy. Oh, James, well, this is the team that has the, the, the greatest leaders in hockey and Zidane O'Chara and Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, apparently, like... How come Tuka Rass never mentioned that conversation ever before? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden now it's like, oh, they're missing the expertise of Tuka. Like, Halak's uh, uh, probably got just as many fucking postseason games. Like, <laughs> like, like what? You know? Close, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Boston Bruins, their season's over. Zidane Chara said today uh, he's likely to be back next year. Um, I don't even know if he has a contract for next year now that I think about it. But, like... Um, uh, 43 years old, uh, captain. Yeah, he's a UFA. So we'll see if Boston wants to bring him back. I, I don't know why they would, but um, he wants to come back. So we'll have to see how that shakes down. Um, they're done. Uh, let's move on to some some trade stuff. We got a lot of we got some 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 uh, trade center. We'll, we'll call it. I don't think anyone uses no no one uses trade center, do they? Trade center. That's not marketed by anybody. I don't think in the in the hockey world. Trade center. Trade center. I can't imagine. No. Okay. Um, we got a few Is things that the going, New York going Stock on here. Exchange, uh, the Nasdaq. Jake Allen traded to the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> uh, along with a seventh round pick in exchange for a third round pick and a seventh round pick. So um, essentially, Jake Allen traded for a third round pick to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, two sides of this coin, obviously. Every every trade has two sides to every coin. Um, uh, some more black than white or, you know, like obvious or whatever you want to call it. Um, right. Right. First off, I, I think we can agree, you and I, that this is nothing short of a cap dump by the Blues to in an attempt to hopefully bring their captain back for another run of with, with, with the core, so to speak. You're dumping $4 million of salary. You're hoping you can bring back Alex Petrangelo. That's the move, right? Like, it doesn't make sense to trade away Jake Allen for any other reason than that. Well, uh, yeah, not really considering he's the better goaltender on the roster right now. So, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, sure. I, I don't, don't particularly yeah. think he's that great either. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's a I, 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 that's, I guess that's they, the reason. Right? They it's seem to think be... they have something in Bennington and and power well, not, to them. Not, not even that. But... It, 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 this is Petrangelo, right? This is at the end of the day. This is a... well, yeah. It doesn't make yeah. any other fucking sense right. for them. Okay. Like they they again for the third time in in thirty seconds here. They don't have a number one goaltender, and they they traded their one A or one B, depending how you want to look at it, 
in a tandem system. So they're going to need to figure out where that other goal, where those other, you know, where those starts are coming from next year. So it doesn't make any fucking sense to trade him, even though I also don't think he's that good. But it's 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 like they traded away a, a not very good player, and it's still a bad move for me. So, Unless you get Petrangelo back. I was going to say, so like, would, would, would you say like sacrificing Jake Allen if you can keep Petrangelo is worth it for them? Is that a fair trade-off? Or would you rather have Bennington and Allen without Petrangelo? <sighs> I mean, I'd rather have Petrangelo just because... Right. Um, they know that he works in their system. Obviously, he's played there forever. He's been very good during his time there. He's actually won and, a cup there, I believe. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I heard. And, um, yeah. So, obviously, it's easier to replace Jake Allen than it is for Alex Petrangelo. If they lose Petrangelo, uh, I'm I'm not going to mince words here. I think they're fucked. Um, and, I, and I think they're going to lose Petrangelo. So, they have to do this to try to keep him. But I don't think they're going to keep them either. Yeah. Um, the Montreal side of this, they're bringing a guy that very clearly can eat up some games for Carey Price, um, who has, you know, like, he's, he's been good. We saw what he did with some rest against, um, um, who did they play? The, the Rangers? Um, we, you know, we, we saw what, what he did against, you know, the Rangers with some rest. And uh, the the Penguins, I guess, as well. Did they play the? Uh, they didn't play the Rangers. Who, who did they play? They played the Penguins. What are you talking about? The, the Canadians. They played Penguins, and that was it. They played Pittsburgh, and they played Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Though. Okay, that's right. Sorry, I was thinking the Rangers for some reason. Yeah. But I, I just I'll, I'll, whenever I think of Carey Price, all I can think of in my head is Chris Kreider <laughs> crashing into him. So right. I go Rangers. Wow, automatically. this is not a great podcast if you're a Habs fan tonight. Well, uh, it's gonna get it, worse. It it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna get worse. So anyway, we, we saw what Price could do against those teams when he had some rest. Um, but the problem with the regular season, and maybe the thinking in Montreal, is that there just isn't enough rest to go around for Curry Price. So they bring in a guy that can eat up 30 games of the season, you know, and and, and allow Curry Price to, to have those moments where they can really lean on him in the season and, and help improve their chances in the stretch and... Maybe when they get to the playoffs, he's not so tired if they get to the playoffs. Um, but am I the only one that thinks it's kind of batshit crazy to spend like $15 million on two goalies? Yeah. That was the uh, first thing I thought. Well, again, especially not, especially when neither of them were particularly that great. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, whatever. I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah, making, yeah. I'm no, making a sure, joke. For but, sure. um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird move for Montreal, but I, I get I like it's oh man I almost get it more for Montreal a little bit I didn't really realize I was going to be saying that tonight mm. um, look they they clearly have had uh, issues when Carey Price isn't in net for years they haven't had a consistent goaltender other than Carey Price since Yaroslav Halak was there and they need to find an answer right now because they don't have any other options the team is so based on their goaltending playing well that they need to figure something out. There is the very small possibility that perhaps they look into trading Carey Price. and Well, I'm sure they're looking into it. But uh, there's a small possibility that they actually trade Carey Price. And if so, Jake Allen's not a horrible replacement. You could do worse. He's not great. He's not a number one goalie. But he's okay. 
forget trading Carey Price. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm hurt, hurt here that, Buy that, him up. that Seattle Kraken team oh, might need a goalie in a yeah, couple years. Uh, yeah. Well, James, when was the last time a former star goaltender went to a new city and revitalized his career? I, I think it's fine for Montreal in a sense, but the issue is that this roster isn't great and they need to find ways to improve. And look, like everyone's talking about how complicated this summer is going to be for Kyle Dubas in Toronto. I don't even know where Mark Bergevin begins right yeah, now, yeah. and and his, his supposedly his beginning is Jake Allen, and it's a very interesting start. Going back to last episode, even like there's the bigger chess match at play when you're a general manager, and and I think that this gets overlooked a lot of the time. If if I'm Mark Bergevin. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, you know what? I, I can bring in Jake Allen to be the backup goalie for my team. I can spend X amount of dollars on Jake Allen to be the backup goalie for my team. Because I've got all this cap room, you know. I'm one of the few teams that has a little bit of wiggle room, you know, and with a, with a flat cap. All I'm doing as Mark Bergevin now is I'm taking a, a, a cap situation away from a team that is trying to sign a defenseman that by all accounts, I should be trying to sign in free agency. Yeah. So tell St. Louis to go fuck themselves. Maybe, now, the, the flip side is maybe they move Allen somewhere else and, and you don't get either guy. But why, are, why aren't you doing everything in your power to handicap the St. Louis Blues into having to watch their captain walk away in free agency and then making a big pitch in free agency... For the captain of another team, I mean, aside from that not having worked out well for them last time, I don't know why you don't shoot for it again. Sure, you know. I mean, like obviously, Alex Petrangelo would be the best defenseman on the Montreal Canadiens. I'm not going to sit here and dispute that. I don't he, think Jeff Petrie would be a better defenseman. He clearly would be the best defenseman on the roster. My problem is that they already have a ton of money committed to 30-plus defensemen that aren't very good, and I don't really see any reason to believe that Petrangelo's going to be good on a seven-year deal. Sure. So you're sure. going to have three older guys on your right side next year, and sure, you let Petrie walk. Petrie would be the guy that I would want to have uh, yeah. moving forward because he would uh, maybe not be better than Petrangelo, but he would be cheaper and still pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know. I think signing Petrangelo... Other than the fact that he's better than what they've got is a terrible idea for Montreal. But um, I understand what you're saying in the spirit of competition. Yeah. No, I, I just think it's weird to like have a either four and a half to ten and a half million dollars worth of cap space sitting on the bench every night, night in and night out. You're going to have that that money not being utilized in in, in some fashion. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't think it's a a great fit, but. Montreal definitely needs that backup goaltending situation a little bit more solidified. I guess you got to pay sometimes to do that. Um, stick, sticking with Montreal and, and the trade front, Max Domi uh, fired his agent, Pat Brizen, uh, who is, of course, uh, a friend of Mark Bergevin's. Uh, similarly, we saw the same kind of deal happen with uh, Max Pacioretty on his way to town right before mm-hmm. uh, the trade to Vegas. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I think this is... All systems pointing to Max Domi's time in Montreal ending. Mm-hmm. He's a pending RFA coming off a $3.1 uh, million contract. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't understand where he's going to go. I don't understand yeah. where Montreal's going to like <laughs> find a willing trade partner to take on not only Max Domi, but the impending doom of whatever, you know, now, buyout I, or, or... I'm going to call a, a timeout here. Because I've seen similar takes. Wait, we and, can call timeouts? Well, no, it's just like you're, 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 like I've seen the take where it's just like, oh yeah, well you, you trade for Domi and then you get Max Domi with it and it's, am I, did I miss like some, some Max Domi news or something? Like I don't, I, like, I mean, uh, like by all accounts, he seems to be a bit of a, of a Trump guy, but other than that, like I don't, I haven't heard anything where he's like a problem of any kind. No, he's just not very good. Oh, I oh, I don't agree. Um, I mean, like, I don't, I definitely don't think he's a f- freaking star or anything like that. But like, he's a he's a if he's in your middle six, you're doing fine. Sure, for sure, sure, yeah, maybe. Okay, like I said, <laughs> like a lot of like bad years in Arizona. He had one good year last year in Montreal. This year wasn't going all that swell for him. No. So. I don't know. Like I, I don't see much there. Like, I, I, I loved him when he was younger. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think Max fan, Domi, but... if he's either on a first line where he's the third best player, or is on a second or third line where he is the first or second best player, I think that you're doing fine. Sure. But the problem is, I've never seen Max Domi against like not number one competition. Yeah, and and he isn't the guy. Like he isn't the guy. But I think he is a very good complimentary piece on a team that already has stars. But the problem is, is like Montreal always does, they trade for a uh, middle six forward and then try to turn them into a star. Mm. Much like the Leafs tried to do ten years ago all the time. Yeah. Uh, and Remember just, Lee Stemniak, guys? It's just tough with like, Domi because the problem is, is like you're probably not wrong. Like If he's your second line, third oh, no, line no. winger and... He's not the guy driving either of those lines. Yeah. That's fine. That's where he belongs. The problem is, is that by all accounts, he's probably going to get overpaid for that role. And and what team is going to take him on at that cost with a flat cap for the foreseeable future for, a guy, you know, maybe maybe you get like a second line scoring winger out of him. I, I don't know. I, I don't love the, the risk-reward factor here for, for anybody. Um, you know, if, if you're, you know, absolutely swimming in, in cap space, which I, I think the, the limitations there are, are three or four teams at most, I, I don't know if he's your champion. You're, you're probably looking at other options, right? So, um, I don't know. I, I I just I don't know what they're what Montreal thinks they're gonna do. I don't know what Domi thinks he's doing by firing his agent. Maybe it's an, uh, an issue with Domi and his agent. Maybe, maybe they're not getting along, and, and he's fine. Sure. Perhaps we don't know that, right? But yeah, it's just the way I see it is he's in a situation where he wants out of Montreal, and yeah. that's fair. And he brings in Darren Ferris, who's a guy who can uh, get things done. And I think uh, that that helps facilitate a team or a trade to a team that's a good fit for him rather than just a team that is convenient for Mark Bergevin. And if, if it's a situation where, because uh, Domi can still kind of call his own shots here, um, 
if it's a team that Domi wants to go to and thinks he's going to fit, then I think Darren Ferris is a guy to at least smooth that over, help it get done, yeah. get him signed somewhere else, get him on a shorter-term deal where he can prove himself, and and then get him going. Because, like, sure, he definitely was supposed to prove himself in Montreal. Didn't happen. He didn't really have the resources to do so. I'm willing to give him and basically anyone under the age of 30 on the Montreal Canadiens the benefit of the doubt. We'll have to see. Like, I don't know. Like, for me, I, I don't... It's never going to happen, but I, I I don't wonder if a possible situation is the Habs give him like a, a one-year deal and just try to move him during the season next year where they can retain some salary and, and say to him, like, you know what? There's just there's nothing going on right now. Look around you. COVID's going on. The cap's staying where it is. No one's going to pay for you. Suck it up for a few months. We'll flip you somewhere between Christmas and the deadline, and maybe yeah, you know we'll, we'll see how that shakes down. I guess, sure. but a lot of options on the table. Like we're we're sitting here speculating. It's I think any of these things are are plausible. He he might play next year in, in Montreal. He yeah. might have to right. Like so, it's 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 very much remains to be. Yeah, seen. I mean, just because but he he fired Pat Brisson doesn't mean that doesn't that's mean what's happening. Gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Lining and Ehlers in Winnipeg. Uh, Trade talks going on with both those players. Um, I can't imagine the Jets are going to move on from both guys. Um, there's some indication that they're going to move on from at least one of them. Um, this is a this is a tough one. Uh, I mean, you can't rebuild that blue line overnight. You can't and keep your core in, no. intact. You got to do something. You got to do something. And um, whether or not you're going to be a serious contender for Alex Petrangelo remains to be seen. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, what what do you do short of that? And it's unfortunately, never... that's probably your option because uh, you look at their forward group and it's you know, are you going to trade Mark Shifley? Well, fucking no. Are you going to trade uh, Kyle Connor? Uh, I I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, so who who are your next best three wingers? Well, Blake Wheeler. Uh, Patrick Laine and Nick Ehlers. Would you get that much for Wheeler? Probably not. But he's probably the guy you should move. Probably he he is, but uh, I think he has a no movement, and uh, he does have a very high cap hit, and he is the guy that you're going to get a pick and a prospect and a and a roster player for. And the difference is that with Ehlers and Laine, you you're probably going to get a, a pretty good NHL player in return if you find the right uh, trading like partner. Larson, for example. And and if you don't, then you don't make the trade. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's that's just where where that's at to me. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's tough. Like you, you never want to trade a scoring winger under the age of 25 if you can help it. Um, Jets have a surplus for some reason uh, between Connor and Line and Ehlers. They've, they've got some pieces. They've, they've have the luxury of having this option where they can make those types of trades uh, if they want to. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I, I think I think it's really early to be giving up on Patrick Patrick Line. Um, More like Hattrick Line. True. Um, but Nikolai Ehlers has almost been the more consistent player. He's he's never had the highs, but he's never quite had the same lows. Um, so if you want to sit back as Kevin shoveled off and say like, gee, you know what? I got a guy here who's going to give me, you know, 60 point season after 60 point season. And I, I can bank on that. And I'm going to pay him less for the guy that maybe shows up and gives me 40 goals. Yeah. Or do you go for the guy that 
yeah, he might give me a 60-goal season in the next couple of years because I think the option's there. Like, Pat, Patrick Laine, he, he's had some, some ups, and, ups and downs in his career, but he's had stretches where he's been on a 60-goal you know, pace type of, type of winger in this league. Yeah. And he's just coming into that age frame where, you know, like this is, I think, about the same age that Stamkos had his 60-goal season. This is when Ovechkin started having, well, the last of his 60-goal seasons, but he was still having them. Um, I, I'd i be really hesitant to give up on Patrick Line, except for the fact that you got to do something. you got to pull the trigger somewhere. I mean... You, you sort of don't have to do anything because your sure. your core is still in a decent spot age wise. You're freeing up four million ish with Cody Eakin coming off the books, but it's but. it's all right. I mean, they have tons of cap space coming off the books, yeah. but um, it's just you you should do something. You should help this team out a little bit and 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 sort of josh morrissey is like sending flare after flare yeah help me exactly yeah and and he's usually sending those flares uh rimming them around the boards uh instead of through the neutral zone Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's just like it's just like i don't know where else these helpers are going to come from like they're they're constantly in search of a second line center um brian little was one at at one point i i wouldn't say he's quite there anymore when he is healthy and he hasn't been healthy in a while so they need to look for help there the blue line is is a mess like by all accounts this is a team that that does need a lot of help and it seems like the wise move to try to look for it now you, you could potentially even package one of those young players with Jack Roslovic for something really nice. But, uh, you see, it's, it's sort of a, a shame in a way that they're in the same division as Dallas because I sort of think that there's a just a natural fit there to maybe be like, hey, so you know how, like, you got Heiskanen? So what, what's the plan with John Klingberg? Like, what do you, what do you, what's going on there? Like, what's happening with Johnny Klingberg, you know? But there's no fucking way that that is going to happen within the division probably. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Nashville's got a lot of good young defensemen. They kind of need a scoring forward, but why are they going to help the Jets out? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know that there's really a fit there, uh, but there are two teams within their division that could do them a lot of favors, and I don't think they will. Yeah, no, there's, the free agent market's pretty dry. You know, you're talking about Petrangelo and some guy named Dustin. Um, that's probably not going to work out either for them. So Tory Krug, uh, maybe Tory, yeah, maybe. But like, you gotta you gotta really bet the horses here that those guys are going to be available and want to come to Winnipeg mm-hmm. in a free agency. I mean, is... Tory Krug grew up in Michigan. He can't have that big of a, a big of a demand where he lives. Yeah, well, you know, Michigan and Winnipeg are. Sister cities, really. I love the idea, too. It's just like, yeah, Tory Krug might go back to fucking uh, Michigan this summer. It's like, well, didn't he work his whole life to get the fuck out of Michigan? That's the idea. There it is. Um, which of these guys would you trade first? What's your gut oh, instinct? Because I, 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 I think it's Ehlers. But... Oh, it's, it's Ehlers for me, as much as I love the dude. Uh, yeah, I don't... Patrick Lyonnais don't grow on trees, man. And um, he is a guy where you sort of wonder what he is because every year our definition of Patrick Lyonnais seems to change. He's this lights-out goal scorer that can't skate. 
Then the next year, he's this lights-out goal scorer that's, like, getting a little more responsible. Then the next year, he didn't score for the last 45 games of the year or whatever. And then last year, he was, like, this super good playmaking two-way winger that also can't score anymore, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, but but that's the version of him. Like, if I got to pick any of those four years, I'm taking last year's. Don't get me wrong. You could actually put him on the ice, like, in the last few minutes of a game and not be super worried. But, like, what is he really? Like, does he just go back to scoring a bunch of goals next year and not doing anything else defensively? And, and you know, like, I just, I don't really know what he is. I, uh, I yeah. I don't know. But uh, but I don't trade Liney. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, it'd, it'd be a tough sell to trade him, despite his inconsistencies in comparison to Ehlers, but I think it's easier to walk away from Ehlers. He's, you know, he's probably the more movable guy at this point and a little older, uh, a little cheaper. So, um, yeah. One last point to touch on in the cap world, uh, the, not the cap world, the trade world, uh, but uh, the cap world of the trade world in the sense that we're talking about the cap and in trade. Did you get fucking high before you came here tonight? <laughs> I did not. Um, uh, so there's some NHL teams that aren't happy about the Kasperi Kapanen <laughs> oh, trade. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. Um, reports coming out of the bubble that... Uh, Brutes, I am reading reports from Rigel 7. That... William Shatner is the new co-host of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, last week's trade between Pittsburgh Kasperi and Kasperi Kapanen. Involving Kasperi Kapanen. It was more of a uh, walk-in kind of. It was just like... Roots Pataglia meets Christopher left. Walken. There's seven teams left in the playoffs right now? That's something like that. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, it's Bo- Boston. Boston's out. not the only one that's that's out from this round, are they? Uh, yeah. Philly and Islanders are still, I guess, technically playing right now. Colorado, Dallas, wow. Knights, and Vegas. Oh, we're going on right now as well. Cool. So. so we were supposed to do uh, postmortems on all these teams, and I'm like thinking Just to myself, one, well, you moved past Boston like half an hour ago, and I'm sitting here thinking, like, don't we have a bunch more teams to talk about? I guess we're good. Yeah, I mean, we're coming in probably the wrong day because by the time this comes out, maybe two, I mean, two of these yeah, teams are out. I but... guess in theory we could be doing one on the Flyers in like 20 seconds. Yeah. But... Pucks in the net. Pucks in the net. Um, yeah, pucks in the net. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, the seven teams remaining in the playoff bubble uh, not happy about the Kapanen trade that took place last week between Toronto and Pittsburgh. The first trade to take place since uh, the deadline. By all accounts, um, I get it. I kind of agree. Uh, we're going to change the rules for okay. um, the teams that aren't playing hockey still, and take away, or, or, or I should say, apply a competitive advantage to the teams that have been eliminated to make these types of deals. And exclude a certain portion of the league. To me, it just seems weird. Like we should, we should all be making trades, or we should all not be making trades. And that's kind of well, you know, like that's it's it's either everybody is involved at the table or nobody's involved at the table. And to me, that's just the fairest way to go about this. Yeah, I mean, there never has been a time where you can't make trades, though. Right. So, like, to imply that, but but it's, it's I, dumb. <laughs> I sort of, uh, well, no, I, I don't, I don't think that is like they like every pro sports league ever is allowed to trade all the time. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I think it's dumb. Okay, I, I, I don't, I don't get that. But I, I understand sort of the argument. Uh, 
that um, it is a competitive advantage in a way, but the problem is that I think that the only team that did themselves any sort of disservice here in this whole thing was the fucking Leafs. Like, the Leafs made the decision to not hear out offers from all these other teams and to not wait an extra month to trade this player. And therefore, could never have possibly heard, well, to an extent, what could have been on the table for them. And that's their decision, and that's their own stupidity in a way. So, I don't really understand why other teams would be mad that the Leafs fucked themselves if other teams are so convinced that they had a better package. Which... I find hard to believe because uh, having watched every single game of Kasperi Kapanen's NHL career, I don't think he's that good. <laughs> so but it's yeah, like, I'm, it's I'm one watched. of those things like it would have been nice to have heard all the other offers, but yeah. what really were these other teams going to offer up? And, and to that point, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's nothing that would have stopped other teams from having discussions with the Leafs. It's just they can't actually fill out paperwork on a trade if fucking Tanner Pearson's playing in the playoffs and you know what I mean? And now you're talking about trading him to Toronto. It's like, well, how do you pull him out of the bubble to get a player for next year when your team's in the middle of the playoffs? Like, I get that. But at least if that's a player that the Leafs are interested in, then wait a couple months or a couple weeks and do it. And if Pittsburgh was being like, well, I'll pull my offer off the table. If you don't take it now, here's a Werther's. You know, maybe you take the Werther's. Right? Yeah. They're refreshing. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it's almost the opposite side of the coin. The other side of the argument here, like... like I might have a beer, too. I don't I don't know if Kappen is the piece that I'm so jealous that has been moved on from that I didn't get a crack at, or, you know, as a, as a Leaf fan, like, I, I think that there probably wasn't a better offer out there in terms of what they got oh, back. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're you're saying that other teams maybe had a player like not like similar to Casper Kapanen and that could have gotten that return. Yeah, and and I, maybe you could have been to Pittsburgh like, hey, we'll we'll give you this player that's basically Casper Kapanen, but you can keep Philip Hollander. Yeah, I, I oh, think okay. the Tampa Lightning and oh, the Vancouver Canucks okay. sure would like a first round pick if they had the opportunity to oh, get okay. a first round pick. Well, whatever. You know what I mean? Like. To me, it's just... Honestly, kind of, I had never even considered the non-Leaf angle because yeah. I'm so used to having to defend this fucking team. And that's the problem with this Toronto Sports Network that we're always watching on TV, that TSN, you know? They're always shoving that garbage down our throats. Speaking of which, on the phone right now, we've got Brian Hayes of TSN. Brian, uh, how you doing? Yeah, I was talking to Andrew Pichello uh, earlier in, in, in the evening, and I just got her opinion on it. She sent me a, a you know a statement that she would want us to read out if this uh, if this came up Jeff O'Neill actually at Harvey's on uh, on uh, just off of the Gardner Express yeah you know I was talking to Dave Poole the other day and, and, and he was talking about you know how, how, <laughs> how they have to get rid of that Dubas guy and, and all this but. oh actually and, and actually on the phone now too we've got former panel member uh, John Tortorella John what's uh, what's going on there quiz is stupid everybody's stupid Duffy's stupid I'm not going to answer this question you called us Future Leaf head coach uh, Bruce Boudreau uh, making some comments the other day about uh, why the team is cursed. No, but no, you know what I mean? Remember like, when Peter Laviolette was on the panel? That yeah, was wild. That was wild. Like, how was that guy unemployed that long to be on the fucking panel? Yeah. No, to me, it's just when we're talking about assets that are going to take part within this season, the context of this upcoming draft, like, I think all 30 
one team should have access to those assets and denying others just it, it's it doesn't make any sense like the Tampa Lightning shouldn't be penalized from getting a first round draft pick from the Pittsburgh Penguins if the Pittsburgh Penguins are stupid enough to trade it away just because they're still playing hockey and the Pittsburgh Penguins were unlucky enough to lose to Carey Price yeah. I know? mean that that's where it gets a little dicey on the on the business side of it is all because it's difficult to tell an organization that they can't move an asset for equity and essentially yeah. these players do kind of just boil down to numbers to an extent. So it's hard for the NHL to sort of come down and be like, you, you can't trade these players. What they can do is control these players from being in or out of their games that they sanction. But outside of that, these, these teams are their own entity. Right. So that's where it gets a little murky. It's hard to say you can't trade these guys. And I get it, but... I just, I don't see how this is a thing we could ever change. Well, really. I, I, how we change it is that, like, you Ooh. have a deadline, right? I feel like I'm at a city council meeting. The deadline is fixed. What we need to do is just start repairing the roads. <laughs> Past- <laughs> There's too much construction. Why is there so much yeah. construction? Because they're fixing the roads we stop the that winter? you just complained about. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it's the fucking stupidest shit. Um, but you have a deadline. Move to a different part of and the world. And once the deadline passes, it's not to say you can't make trades, but those trades that you make can't impact your season moving forward. If you mm-hmm. want to trade Sidney Crosby the day after the deadline, wow, to the New Jersey Devils, wow, that's wow. fine. That's your right to do so as the wow. Penguins. I really hope there's no Penguins fans listening to that. That's like... <laughs> but... If you want to go, if you're Kyle Dubas and trade Austin Matthews to Boston tomorrow... Uh. But... <laughs> the New Jersey Devils don't get to use Crosby the rest of the season. Sure. They don't get used to him in the playoffs. Sure. They can have that asset next year. Yeah. Okay. The Tempe Lightning shouldn't be able to acquire fucking... Whoever fucking Henrik Lundqvist, oh my, God. tomorrow to be the backup goalie. You could have just said like in Andy the playoffs Green or something. Well, he's still playing. They can't acquire Henrik Lundqvist, fucking Brady Shea, anybody to be the backup goalie for the remainder of your playoffs. But if you want to go out and trade for Henrik Lundqvist, you should be able to. It shouldn't like it shouldn't just stop because you're still playing. To me, that's where the problem is. You okay. can make all the trades you want if you're still playing in the bubble, but you don't get to use those assets while you're still playing. I want Pittsburgh's first-round draft pick. I should be able to go out and get it just as any other team should be able to go out and get it. Yeah. But I can't trade for the first-round pick and, you know, um, Wallander or whatever the fuck the, the prospect's name is, and, well, we're going to bring the prospect kid over and we're going to play him. Well, no, that's not how it works. Like, you have the asset... He's part of your property now. You can use him next year kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, those teams shouldn't be prevented from making and offering trades. That's that's where I think there's a real misjustice, misjustice being done to these teams that are still playing. Okay. Because those teams were told, we, you can't engage in trades with, with the teams if you're still playing. I don't, like, I just, I don't really think that they're, like, going back to what I said, like, I just don't think that there is a solution because... But that's the solution. To just say you can't trade these guys? You can't no, make trades? you can't utilize these assets. But nobody is. No, but they... Nobody in the Leafs trade is. Right. But the difference They're is... both that, out. The, is, the difference is that the Leafs are being told, 
yes, you can you can have this privilege because you you're you're a loser. You mm-hmm. lost. You're a loser. Boo on you. So we're gonna give you a privilege. Whereas the Tampa Bay Lightning are sitting there going like, "Hey, hi, we'd like the same access to the same funds and the same like assets and stuff like that." And the league's like, "Nah, you're doing great on your own. You don't need any help. We're gonna we're gonna deny you the right but, but, to partake in the sweepstakes." But that's their discretion again. Like if Who, they want if, if they want to go and who's, who's and discretion? It, that's Tampa's discretion. No, if it's they, the league, the league has come down and said, "You're still playing hockey. You cannot. You can't have a seat at the big kids' table." When did they say that? I, I don't know when they said it, but that's where the outrage is, is kind of... See, I, I haven't read or seen a single thing about that. My understanding was that because players have been just freely leaving the bubble, that if they trade you, you can just leave the bubble. Yeah. The okay. problem is that the Lightning are being told that they can't make trades because they're still playing. Well, what the hell's the difference if a guy's leaving the bubble to go to the hospital okay, with his so kid or if he's getting traded? Let's talk about draft picks then. Let's let's exclusively make it draft picks. The Tampa Lightning want to trade two draft picks for one draft pick. Sure. The Tampa Lightning are being told by the league, you can't oh, do that. Oh, I never saw that yeah. anywhere. That's that's where the issue lies. These teams that are still playing are being told, you can't trade. You cannot physically move your assets as an organization because you're still playing hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mm. get it. <laughs> fucking wild oh, I, I really wish you mentioned that 15 <laughs> minutes ago <laughs> I, I thought I worded that no I didn't, I didn't I didn't fucking know that I don't I, I don't know it's batshit crazy uh yeah I just I don't like again like going back to okay going back to how I understood it was happening like I, I if the lightning wanted to go to Pittsburgh and be like hey you know this offer you gave for Casperi Kapanen you could, like we'll trade you fucking Blake Coleman for the same thing, and then Pittsburgh be like, oh yeah, well we'd rather have Blake Coleman. I'd rather have Blake Coleman, and then he trades for Blake Coleman, which wouldn't have happened. Do ha- you have anybody on the roster that I which, drafted? Which except I was gonna say he never drafted Blake Coleman, so he wouldn't like Blake Coleman. But say he say Jimmy Rutherford drafted Blake Coleman and then therefore liked Blake Coleman, like. Tampa should be able to just, like, trade him and just be like, hey, by the way, Blake, like, you're leaving the bubble. Thus making their team weaker, but that's their decision to do so. You know? Yeah. Because, like, again, at the end of the day, the Leafs got worse through the trade. Yeah. They may have gained assets, but they got worse. Yeah. And if Tampa wants to do that during the bubble, they should have all fucking ability to do that. That is weird. They should. Yeah, they should. That is the first instance in NHL history I've ever heard of teams... Having their assets controlled like that. Yeah, it's wild. That's kind of fucked. The return okay. to play, baby. Well, whatever. It giveth and it taketh away. Hey, the more you know. The more you know. Wow. I'm going to have to edit eight of the last ten minutes out. There you go. Bill Zito. Heard of this guy? Bill Zito? Yeah, he used to pitch for uh, the Oakland A's, the San Francisco Giants. No, the other Bill Zito. Oh, that's Barry Zito. Never mind. The other Bill Zito. Oh, the, okay. the coach of the Thunder Bay Kings. That's a guy? Yeah. No, oh, okay. I don't know. William Zito? Does that help? Uh, I, well, I was thinking of uh, former Major League All-Star, 15-year veteran Barry Zito is who I was thinking of. But William Zito. Will. Former Will? Cy Young winner. Willie? Barry Zito. Billy. Billy Willie is, uh, like, is He's got to be the first Cy Young winner to ever be the general manager of an NHL team. I would imagine. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's it's pretty It's pretty neat. Do you think his knowledge of one sport will translate easily to another sport? 
in which there are no similarities. I guess we should clarify that uh, Barry Zito is not the general manager of the Florida Panthers, although I would prefer that. Well, I don't know if I'd prefer that. But <laughs> it'd, it'd be, be fun. It'd be fun. I don't really like Florida, and I don't really wish them any particular success. So, yeah. All right. Well, Bill Zito has been hired uh, by the Florida Panthers to replace Dale Talon yeah. as the next general manager. Um, I guess I like it. I don't know. He was in Columbus for the last five years running the AHL team there, the Cleveland Lock Monsters or something like that. Uh, they won a Calder Cup a couple years ago. So, um, in some respects, he's Kyle Dubas light. Or in other respects, maybe he's... You see pictures of him? He's not light in any regard. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, Am I right, folks? Maybe he's... uh, Who's that guy that Minnesota fired not too long ago? Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton light. Yeah. The next next man down. You're the next contestant on who wants to be an NHL general manager. I mean, like, I don't know if we should let Paul Fenton ruin that type of GM for everyone. Oh, we should. But he he sort of did. Like it's it's just kind of that's like there's not really any denying it. It sort of soured the this guy's been waiting for his chance and has waited long enough and here he is now. Uh, sort of role like I don't know. Some of those types of guys have worked out well, and a lot of them have not. And Paul Fenton being the most recent one not to work out, and boy oh boy did he ever not work out. And it's kind of like well, I don't know. Like like who's to say? But. There's also the old argument of, you know, we keep rehashing the old hockey guys over and over again. And, and so, like, which which way do you want to go? Like, which which uh, side of that coin do you want to pick? Um, by all accounts, I think that the Blue Jackets have been a very well-run organization from what I know uh, over the last, I don't know, seven to ten years or so. And uh, I think that Bill Zito, even though he isn't the face of that, has definitely been a prominent figure in a lot of that, uh, basically since he was, um, since he joined the organization in 2013. So um, he did a very good job as a player agent yeah, uh, at getting terrible players a lot of money and has done a really good job as a uh, Blue Jackets assistant GM at not giving terrible players a lot of money. So I I I, I kind of am interested to see like what kind of guy we're getting here. You know what I mean? Like if he's uh, maybe some sort of master negotiator or something. Probably not, but that'd be cool. It would be. Like, he went to Yale. I I know you you touched on it. I I kind of agree with you. Like I don't really care if Florida has success, but they're definitely one of those franchises where I'm just like, like fuck it. Like can we just like not be terrible? Can we just not be the laughing stock yeah, of the league for that. like a year? Or two. Can we maybe win a playoff round for the first time since 1996? That's right. The year in which we went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, I don't know. I'm just really tired of this franchise in the sense that, like, we're going to talk about, like, the next guy that comes in. And we have to talk about the next guy that comes in because they're part of the NHL. But are they? <laughs> like, like this is this is a team that, like, no one really gives a shit about outside of, like, the state of Florida. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's one fan in, like, Norfolk. I don't know. Maybe. It's it's really depressing to talk about this team overall. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good luck, Zito. I wish him well. Billy I, boy. I, he seems cool. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if I said that about Paul Fenton or not, but I, I, definitely, uh, I definitely like what Bill Zito has to offer, and I, I wish him all the best. The... Uh, Philadelphia Flyers force a game seven in second overtime, uh, five four win. 
Didn't see who got the goal. Ivan Provorov. Ivan Provorov. Unless it was tipped, but he's okay. celebrating like he got it. So Yeah, he definitely seemed like he thought he got it, for sure. Yeah. 49, well, that's cool. 49 saves for our sweet, sweet boy, Carter Hart. Um, he definitely is our sweet, sweet boy. <clears throat> All right, I got uh, I got a couple fun things we're going to do before we wrap things up. We've got... You got a quiz? We've got an overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite, of course, but I'm going to give you another uh, round. Wait, that was all of our hockey? That was all of our hockey. Can you yeah. believe it? It was a short week, you know? We only had a couple days off there. We're going to take a big, long vacation. This reminds week. me of, like, something... Like, we definitely forgot something, but it just sounds like we're like we're just trying to get out of here because we're, like, running out of time. Like the yeah, Simps- i, I got to be to the office in an hour. It's know? like the I mean, Simpsons joke with here. fucking Kent Brockman. It's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, the president was arrested for murder. More on that tomorrow night. Or you can uh, change to another channel. Yes. Oh, please do not change to another channel. But, uh, yeah, so uh, done with the hockey stuff. we got an overrated coming up later. But I'm going to give you another, another game of... We're just doing overrateds tonight. Excursion Around the Bay. Cool. Excursion Around the Bay. Always, uh, in which I randomly select... Always a classic. Uh, ...one of what is the remaining 50 uh, Thunder Bay-born NHL players on my list. And uh, we're going to see how many uh, Brutes can get. I'm going to give you three. And you get the uh, all the transactions that this player had in their career... Including their their draft, their birth year, um, and if if I can find it when they retired. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Do you have any questions? I don't think so. All right. Uh, this uh, first player up is a a, a bit of um, a, a bit of a, a obscure choice for sure, but okay. but well known. One of the higher uh, you know games played total guys from Thunder Bay. Oh, great. So, this uh, particular player was born March 6th, 1951 in uh, what is listed as Thunder Bay, Ontario, even though the city did not exist in 1951. Mike Bosnick. So, so, hockey reference has that wrong. Uh, this player was drafted in the third round of the 1971 draft by the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, his transactions uh, include... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew the player for a second, and then I thought I thought of the guy, and then I really I realized that it is not a guy from Thunder Bay. I was literally just going to be like, ah, it's fucking Charlie Huddy. There you go. Yeah, he's not from here. Yeah. So th- this guy was drafted by the Kings in '71. I scrolled down to the uh, transactions page. Uh, his only known transaction took place uh, prior to his draft. In April of 1970. Oh, my God. Um, he was drafted to uh, Fort William of the Thunder Bay Junior Hockey League by Port Arthur of the Thunder Bay Junior Hockey League for the Memorial Cup playoffs in April of 1970. Uh, this guy played his entire career with the Los Angeles Kings, retiring after the 1979 season. He finished 10th in Calder voting. Uh Brutes, can you give me a Hail Mary here? Can Holy you, can you, fuck. Can you give me this Thunder Bay player? No no disrespect if you can't. I, I it's this is a weird one. A guy you'll know the name of, but it's it's there's not a lot of help here. I'll I'll admit that. Uh uh <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm I'm that's gonna fine, I'm gonna that's, guess that's very fair. I'm going to guess the only Thunder Bay born person that I can think of that has any affiliation whatsoever with the LA Kings that I know. Uh and I don't even know that he played in the NHL. I don't think he did, but I'm just gonna guess is it Jamie Compen? 
Uh, no. Okay. Um, we were looking for Vic Vanaski. I've never heard of him. No? No. Oh, okay. Absolutely um, never. That's the first one where it's just straight up. I don't okay. know who that is. That's fucked. I'm going to look that up. He does a lot of work in town uh, to this day. Um, yeah. I, I can't It's going to be one of those guys I'm going to see a picture of him and be like, oh, that guy fucking comes to my work or something. Yeah. He, uh, he, no, he, he doesn't a, even look familiar. He last appeared with the Binghamton Dusters of the, uh, of oh, the AHL. I would so, like to meet him, though. Yeah. By the sounds of things. All right, you're, you're all for one. I got another one for you here. This one, hopefully... Not a bad-looking dude. Hopefully a little easier for you. Um, are you ready, sir? Fuck, not bad. 44 points and uh, 77... Or 75, 76. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, this player was born on January 13th of 1987. That's all you get. He, uh, was, he was drafted in the first round of the 2005 NHL entry draft ah. by the New York Rangers. Oh. His int- his transactions include uh, on March 5th, 2013, he missed the majority of the 2012-2013 ah, yes. season due to an eye injury. Yeah, uh, can you name that Thunder Bay player? I'm going to it's going to be my uh my favorite of the Stahl brothers. Uh, that's going to be good old Marky Stahl. Marky Mark. Marky Stahl. That is correct. My you, guy. Um, you got that one handedly actually. Yeah, that's my guy. All right, we'll give you one more. The tiebreaker, so to speak. Um, so to speak. Can I hit randomize here? All right, this is a good one. Kip Belaski. This is a good one. All right. Uh, this Thunder Bay-born player was born February 14th, 1987 in Thunder Bay, Ontario. He was drafted in the fourth round of the 2005 entry draft by the New York Rangers. His transactions include, on June 30th, 2009, he was traded to Montreal by the New York Rangers with Scott Gomez and Michael Busto for Chris Higgins, Ryan McDonough, and Pavel Valentenko. On July 6th, 2011, he signed as a free agent with the Tampa Lightning. On August 4th, 2014, he signed as a free agent by Geneva of the Swiss Ah, League. there it is. On May there 24th, 2016, he signed as a wow. free agent with Ottawa. Only only would I be the guy where it's like, who the fuck is this? And you're like, uh, with Geneva of Switzerland. I'm like, oh, right. Of course it's Tom Pyatt. And Tom, <laughs> Tom Pyatt. You, you got it, baby. Oh, man, my brain is so fucked. That's crazy. I, um... The reason I was so confused at first, people at home can't see because we still haven't set up those webcams that we've been promising, mm. is I looked confused the whole time because I have I have no recollection of Tom Pyatt being drafted by the New York Rangers. Yeah, that's fair. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, there you go. You got two. You got two out of three. Two for three. You got both of the 1987 born Bay players. So. I think I've gone two for three every time. Eh? I don't. I don't think I've failed yet. Uh, there was one round we didn't do three, I think. But, okay. Uh, I believe you are correct in when you get three, uh, you get two of them. Cool. So, there you go. Um, it's time for the overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite this week. As voted on by the Twitter followers, we put the vote to you. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll pull up the Twitter results. I'll see the, what the voting actually uh, concluded with. Sure. And um, I'll be off my phone, actually. 
Okay. Um, yeah, you can't get the website Twitter on the old laptop there? Or? I don't have it set up properly. It's, it's mm. much quicker. It's a, it's a whole thing. I'm already done here. I, I mean, it is. yeah. Not a lot of votes. No. Gotta tell you. No. Not a lot of votes. 12 votes. I don't... Uh, like, here's the thing. It's like, we'll tweet stuff out, and I'll put a poll out there, and it gets like 12 votes, but it's like our listens are a lot higher than 12 per week, so I don't know who really listens to this. Maybe we have a lot of non-Twitter people. I guess. Yeah. How did they find out about us? Right? Word of mouth. Word of mouth. I guess. Possibly. Maybe we get a lot of people from, like... I gotta check the uh, by country... My mom doesn't have Twitter. The, like, by country... Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> by country, like, you know, see if it's... Uh, see if that's different anyway. 75% of our listener base is in Canada. I don't really know anyone who lives in the States, so I'm not really sure what to make of that 20% that we have after there. Uh, all the other countries, yeah, one one percent. Uh, Ireland, Switzerland, Sweden, uh, Czech, Czech, Czechia. I guess Czech Republic. Uh, United Kingdom, uh, Germany, Thailand, Mexico, Greece. That was when Matt Fraser was in Greece. I can track that one at least. Uh, Norway, Philippines, Brazil, Croatia, Denmark, Japan, Cuba, and Jamaica. Man. It's nice to know that our Geneva reference of Tom Pyatt will be uh, well received to our Switzerland Ooh, listeners. We even have a by age, by age, I guess. I don't know how uh, Anchor would know about age. Eighty-five percent, twenty-three to twenty-seven years old. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, coming in fourth. You used place, to be able to tell. Oh yeah, by planet, it's still one hundred percent Earth, which is good. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell. It's a if, joke that they've, they've I, It's got to be, right? Uh, but it's there's like... There's no real application for that <laughs> particular feature. That'd be great, though. Oh, man. But, but I, like, I, I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. The day I open that up, and it's like 1% Mars, we're, we're done. Like, we're done as a podcast. We're packing it in. Mm-hmm. Pluto's listed as a planet, I guess. Are they, are they back a planet again? No. Um, I'm going to look that up while you're talking. Finishing in fourth, uh, current MLB players at 17%. Makes sense. We're a hockey podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Tying for second slash third with 25% each uh, current NHL players, which is, I don't know, it'd be interesting, I guess. I mean, we did do our 10 favorite uh, players a year ago, so I guess we've done an an adjacent one. Uh, And Linkin Park songs. We've been doing a lot of music lately. We have. It's fine. We don't need to do music this week. The winner with 33% of the vote, which uh, my math is shoddy. I'm assuming that means seven votes for the Coen Brothers movies with 33%. So we're going to do our overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite Coen Brothers movies. Mm -hmm. I like Um, the Coen Brothers. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I think both of our favorite films are by the Coen Brothers. Uh yeah. I, I have a I have a dead heat of like two or three movies, but I, I this is the easiest one to say is my favorite movie because it, it generates the least sort of backlash, so you know. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. I will give you the honors this week and I will allow you to give your overrated okay. Coen Brother film first. Look, no disrespect, it's a great movie. Um uh, it won a ton of awards, and I uh, definitely think it deserved to win most of the awards that it won. But I do think True Grit's a little overrated. Oh, um, pretty good. It's 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 considered by some to be like one of their like if not their best movie, and it's like well, it's sort of a remake, so oh, it's not. Uh, it's I mean, it's not like a shot for shot or anything, but it's it's definitely an adaptation. Um, 
it was great. It was really good. Haley Steinfeld was uh, un- unforgettable in it. And uh, Jeff Bridges is, of course, <laughs> Rooster Cogburn. Unforgettable in the sense that, like, her performance was good. Not unforgettable in the sense that I didn't realize that was how Haley Steinfeld, like, the same Haley Steinfeld that exists that today. Is, that is crazy, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. that, that is nuts. We're getting old, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, Haley Steinfeld's twenty three now. That's crazy. Um, yeah, no, but it, it's it's a really good movie. It's just the issue I have with it is I find Coen Brothers movies are generally uh, incredibly rewatchable, and I haven't really been able to get into True Grit hmm. uh, since like two thousand twelve, hmm. and okay. I just I'm unable to watch it now. It doesn't it doesn't do that much for me, um, but it's still really good. It's a freaking awesome cast but uh i just i don't think it's as great as people make it out to be so it it is my overrated um i will begin by saying that um of the 18 coen brothers films that exist i have not seen them all so my list Mm -hmm. is um slightly perhaps incomplete i don't think i've seen them all either to be honest with you i'd have to look and see which ones i haven't seen but it would be a small list yeah uh my overrated is uh oh brother where art thou that's fair I, I think, almost put it as my overrated. I think it's a good film. Oh, it is. I just think it's overrated. Yeah. It's not as great as people make it out to be. It's really funny. It's 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 funny. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's really funny. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's really anything. It's it's good. I'll watch it once. It's, it's really musical. I'll probably never go back to it again okay. and it was fine. Okay. So there you go. Fair enough. Uh my underrated is um 2016's Hail Caesar. Uh yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's a banger. That movie's a banger. It um, uh, if you haven't seen Hail Caesar, it it is incredibly well cast, and I know what you're thinking. And the answer is yes, Josh Brolin is in it. Um, it it, it is a movie, I guess, about the Hollywood film industry in the 1950s, and basically uh, a, a cast member uh, is is gets a cast member vanishes during the filming of this movie. And they're trying to figure out whatever happened to him. And it's very Coen Brothers-y in the sense that it's a comedy mystery, kind of. You're trying to figure out what happened. But it's very just sort of, uh, you know, kooky and stuff. And, I mean, you look at the cast. The cast is hilarious. Uh, We're looking at Josh Brolin, George Clooney, uh, Ray Fiennes, Jonah Hill, Scarlett Johansson, Alden Ehrenreich, whatever his name is there. Uh, Tilda Swinton, Francis McDormand, Channing Tatum. Like It's great. It's very funny. It is, I think, uh, other than True Grit, probably the best movie that they had made since, like, the 90s. Um, I was really impressed. And it's not, it's not to say that I wasn't expecting anything from them anymore, but it, it did sort of blow me away in the sense that I just, I thought it was incredibly well done, so. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, my underrated is Lady Killers. Interesting. Uh, from 2004, Lady Killers. Um, uh, Tom Hanks. <laughs> we, we've had a lot of conversations with Tom Hanks on this podcast. Like, mm-hmm. How can you not love Tom Hanks? Um, this is actually the first film that they got co-directing and producing credits for. Uh, up until this point in their career, it, would always, it was always uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan was the, was the producer, director, Joel yeah. was the director. Uh, Lady Killers, the first word, it was... The Coen Brothers. You know, this is just what they've been come to uh, be known by. The Lady- Cobros. Yeah, the Cobros. Lady Killers, um, a, a film that 
never really got a lot of attention. I, I don't think it got a lot of praise uh, from critics, but uh, it, it is a remake. Um, it was it was done back in the '60s. It's it's, it's a British story um, that the Coen Brothers adapted. Um, big fan, J.K. Simmons. Um, I'm trying to remember who else is in that film off the top of my head, but uh, regardless, uh, you know, uh, bank robbers move into the uh, loft of an old woman to rob a casino, and the old old woman gets wise, and she's you know telling them like you've, you've got to give the money back, or I'm going to report to the authorities. So they decide, well, the six of us we're going to kill you, and then slowly one by one they they just get picked off, and it's absolutely hilarious as this uh, little old lady continues to uh, evade death. So to speak, <laughs> throughout, mm. the, throughout the film, uh, mm. big fan, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It's a, it's a very fun film. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if, if 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 people are sitting at home thinking it's not a great film, I can understand that. I think it's a fun film, more so than a good film, and it's underrated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say from that year, my second favorite movie in which an old lady evades death constantly. Uh, my first being Duplex, starring uh, Ben Affleck, or, or sorry. Uh, Ben Stiller and uh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> t- that'd be a vastly different movie with Ben Affleck. Really confused where you're going with that. I, I couldn't. I couldn't think of Duplex to be honest with you, but that's not a bad film. I'm gonna try to watch that movie next time and just imagine Ben Affleck and Ben Stiller's role and good. see if it gets funnier or good, worse. Good. Um, my favorite Coen Brothers movie should probably come as no shock to mm-hmm. most of the people listening here. My favorite movie probably ever made is The Big Lebowski. Um, there are a few things in life that just always make me happy, uh, as much as, like, watching The Big Lebowski does, and, uh, ironically, one of the other things that makes me, uh, that happy every time is White Russians, uh, when they're made properly, uh, cause I am, I don't think I'm a picky person, but I'm really quite picky with my White Russians, and, uh, I'm quite picky with my movies, and this is one movie that just... I just watch it over and over again, and it's delightful. I think it's uh, very funny, very, very smart, and um, well-casted, and and it's just great. It's uh, I'm not even going to sit here and say that it is their best movie, but for a while it was uh, their most underappreciated, and as the years have gone on, it's gained more and more of a cult following and more acclaim as time goes on. But when it first came out, no one really gave a shit, because it was a follow-up to Fargo. And uh, Fargo being so just unbelievably, you know, critically acclaimed and everything, um, th- this was kind of a downer for, for some people. And then uh, um, the more you watch it, the funnier it gets, I think. And the more the more you appreciate it. And I, th- I think it's a phenomenal film. So my favorite is uh, The Big Lebowski. We'll have a couple uh, white Russians uh, in honor of uh, that film next time we're out on the town. Whenever that is. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if you realize, but uh, in like five minutes when we're done talking, you and I are on vacation for like a week and a half from this. Yeah, but we won't be out on the town. Starring Ben Affleck. Is, uh, is... Oh, God, was that a segue? Was that what no. that was supposed to be? When When is the Big Lebowski, or, sorry, or uh, more specifically, when is uh, the dude ever out on the town drinking white Russians in that movie, though. Like, he's never out on but the town. But tell me the dude isn't out on the town drinking white Russians. If he's out on the town, mm. he's drinking white Russians. Mm. 
It would it would have been interesting if that movie had a scene with him out at a club or something yeah. like that. Just a, a bar in general. Yeah, because he's always at these sort of underground parties Private and, and yeah. fucking yeah. Uh, uh, painting events the, when with mod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So or, my, or mode, if if you were talking. My, my favorite, probably uh, apparently not not um, entirely liked by you uh, by your account. Uh, there was there was no good films made in the two thousands by the Coen brothers, but um, I'm a big uh, No Country for Old Men guy. Oh stuff. yeah, nah. um, Tommy Lee Jones, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin. Right, whatever, Harrison. I'll you know what I'll say it's their best movie since No Country for Old Men. There you go. Um, it's my favorite film. Big Lebowski is your favorite film, so we got. Got the Coen Brothers. I mean, No Country for Old Men's up there for me. I just kind of forgot. That's, uh, well, I honestly kind never, of forget that never, it's a never forget. I forget that it's a Coen Brothers movie because it's it's not similar to anything else they've done. It, it's incredibly yeah. different from the rest of their right. works. Sure, yeah, no, that's it is different for sure. Like I watch it and it and it's I understand that it's a Coen Brothers movie, but I think it's like it's like Tarantino. Like, Coen Brothers movies have their own feel. You can very much feel that you're watching a Coen Brothers movie, but that's the only one where it's just, like... It's just a little different, right? I mean, it's based on a book. They didn't yeah, write it. Yeah, like, it, you exactly. know... Isn't this the only film that they've uh, won Best Director for? Uh, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, big fan, big fan, big fan. I've talked about it before. Okay. I'm not going to bore you with it again. But I, I, I did read this earlier. I thought it was interesting. Uh, Josh Brolin was not the first choice uh, to play Llewellyn Moss in the film and had to employ the help of a one Quentin Tarantino to help get him the part in the film. How the hell um, do they know each other? Heath Ledger was slated to play oh, Llewellyn Moss wow. originally. You, ooh. Would I have preferred that? It's hard to say, isn't it? I don't think so, I, but but it's hard for me to say because yeah. I have I have such a love for Josh Brolin yeah. in in well, in every movie, but in that movie for sure. Josh I, Brolin kicks ass. He does. I think the right choice was made. At the yeah, end of the day. I think so too. But the, Heath Ledger only, probably would have been pretty good. The only he, reason that the uh, the Heath Ledger choice might have been like better would have been like if he took the role. Maybe he wouldn't have had time for the Joker, which oh, means maybe he doesn't Jesus. like pass away. Uh, that's also debatable. It's quite the fucking bit of a stretch. That's but. that's quite the argument to make there. Big Josh I Brolin think um, yeah. like like Josh Brolin gets sort of lost in that movie too because like Javier Bardem is just so you know unbelievably incredible and and like everything about the movie right. The cinematography is done by Roger Deakins. It fucking blows you away. The Coen Brothers like. But Josh Brolin is just so fucking good in that movie. Yeah. You know? Can't get it wrong. Uh, where are we? Your mother's dead, Llewellyn. Well, then I'll tell her myself. Oh, the hardest of the night. Your least favorite, sir. Uh, uh, my least favorite Coen Brothers movie is a 2009 picture, A Serious Man. I didn't really care for it. Um, it was okay. It definitely has its moments. But I couldn't really get into it, and I didn't watch it again after I saw it. Uh, I didn't love Inside Lewin Davis, so that was the close second, but I definitely didn't like A Serious Man. 
to the point where I would ever watch it again. It was a fine one-time watch, and I don't plan to revisit it. That That is one of the uh, uh, ones I have not seen. Hmm. So based on your review, I will not be... Like, it's attending. fine. It's not going to, you know... You're not going to be upset having watched it, but... Meh. A Minnesota Jewish man whose life crumbles professionally and personally. Yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm interested in getting that uh, connected with my emotions. Okay. Uh, my least favorite is... Um, look, this is a tough one. Like, again, I just mentioned I haven't seen them all. The ones I've seen... Have all been really good. Mm-hmm. Even going back to my overrated. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Still a good film. Um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, however, not too good. Fair enough. Not, not didn't do it for me. I, I couldn't really get involved. I couldn't get invested. Um, it's hard to get invested it in was, it, for sure. It was interesting. I didn't like it, though. I, I can see why people did. It wasn't for me. End of the day. Okay. Yeah. I am uh, excited for, uh, I guess, the upcoming Coen Brothers movie, but it is, uh, it's just a Joel Coen movie. Uh, the Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, it's listed underneath the Coen Brothers. Right? It is listed under, but uh, Joel Coen is the only one involved. Oh, okay. And uh, it stars uh, Denzel Washington as Lord Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth. That's really all all that needs to be said. How How's that not going to be good? Brendan Gleeson's also in it. That's right. So so Joel Cohen is making a film in which he's just... Shakespeare. Gonna, he's just going to kill his wife off. That's right. In a film. That's interesting. That's right. Huh. Right. Yeah, good. so I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yep. Big okay. Denzel guy myself. So. Well, I guess that's it. I guess that's it for Least Up. Um, Forever. This is it. This is actually the last episode. Yeah. Yeah, We're done. We we decided to finally end the season a year after it started. COVID took us. Yeah. Took us away from you. Well, fuck. You really got morbid toward the end of this episode, eh? Yeah, fuck it. That's crazy. (laughs) What's left to live for? Yeah, kind of like Bob McKenzie there toward the end of last season, eh? Just mailed it in. Just going to be watching the Vegas goal, uh, the uh, Vancouver Canucks versus the New York Islanders in the Stanley Cup Finals. For the second time ever, actually. So why would we want to see how that plays out again? That sounds terrible. Uh, I won't have anything on the north side. I have a lot of... Oh, I uh, fucking definitely won't have anything on the north side myself. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you at home that were keeping track. Um, (laughs) For those of you keeping score. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Your bingo cards are still saying, oh, he's still James Cole? Uh, That's a... Really good. Um... Laced up bingo, which should make that could be a thing, I guess. We can mail that out to the twelve people that voted. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh yeah, okay. I think I'm good. You good? Sure. Okay. <laughs> we will see you in a week and a bit. Yeah. Goodbye. See ya. Hey guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? Alright. Well, see you later. Come get your duds in order Cause we're bound to cross the water Heave away, me jollies, heave away Come get your duds in order Cause we're bound to leave tomorrow Heave away, me jolly boys We're all bound away Sometimes
Sometimes we're bound for Liverpool, sometimes we're bound for Spain. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. But now we're bound for old St. John's where all the girls are dancing. Heave away, me jolly boys, we're all bound away. I wrote me love a letter, I was on the Jenny Lynn. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. I wrote me love a letter and I signed it with a ring. Heave away. Me jolly boys, we're all bound the way. Sometimes we're bound for Liverpool, sometimes we're bound for Spain. Heave away, me jollies, heave away. But now we're bound for old St. John's, where all the girls are dancing. Heave away, me jolly boys, we're all bound the way. the way. 